1: welcome back to another episode of get more success i'm your host warwick mary now today i have with me the fabulous the delightful the very um accomplished shall we say lisa mcginnis smith lisa welcome to the show
0: thanks warwick great to be with you
1: thank you for joining us now i'm i'm having a bit of a look and i've known you for some time but also i've done a little bit of extra research and one of the things that keeps popping up is that you are a gifted communicator and i've got to say I've seen you address audience of hundreds. Looking at your bio, your biggest audience was thirty-three thousand. I mean, like that is a colossal audience. How do you how do you even begin to comprehend to address an audience that big?
0: I don't think the numbers matter after about five thousand. Right. When we very first saw that arena, we we you know walked in and had a look right up from high at the back, but there were six big semi trailers down on the floor, you know, helping to set up. And they look like they were matchbox toys. So that's when we realised, wow, like this is an amazing arena and we weren't going to be able to see anybody, you know, really past probably the first 100 rows. After that, you just don't see anything except the audience has you on a 20 metre by 20 metre screen and a close-up on your face. So they look like you're close to them but... It's
1: a pretty daunting thing. Yeah. And look when I've I haven't personally haven't addressed the thirty three thousand yet, but when I go to concerts and stuff, you can actually see the time delay as the sound travels. Like when people are clapping in time, you'll see the delay. Did you did you hear any echoes of yourself or that delay as a speaker?
0: Oh, yes, and I would say actually that the big arenas that I've spoken in, the sound has been great, but some of the other rooms where they've had 5,000 people seated at those round tables, that, again, you can't see the back of the room, but those rooms are not ideal for the sound and therefore the sound comes back in such waves that you hear yourself saying it almost a second and a half later, which is a terrible distraction. And if you actually stand behind the stage, you can hear no no words make any sense, like it's all muffled. It's all so it's hard wobbly. and you have to focus on what you're saying and not listen.
1: <laughs> all right, so obviously you've spoken to big audience, you've also spoken to small audiences, you've generated a lot of books and products and stuff. So the question I ask all of my guests is, how do you define success?
0: Hmm, that's a good one, isn't it? Because it's so personal. I think for me it's reasonably simple. Um, Having the freedom to choose. Right. You know, when you've got choice, so the freedom to choose who you love and who you serve and how you live. Yeah. So the fact that this particular method of, you know, business, which is communicating, is a choice not everybody likes to choose to travel all over the country and all over the world because they don't like all that, um, what's the word, it's not consistent, it's it's spasmodic, it's crazy lifestyle. But I like it because I'm a spontaneous person. So I love things off the fly and I don't care if they make a change at the last minute. I don't get phased by not being able to predict what's coming and I think that's probably something about loving what I do and finding this a successful way of life for me, that it is a reflection of, one, my love for people and, two, my willingness to be spontaneous with people. And, you know, I think speaking shouldn't be so controlled that it's predictable.
1: <laughs> and, and I suppose the other thing that you have chosen is that your husband works with you in the business. Uh, in setting up this interview, we were dealing with your husband to actually make it happen because you're actually you know, doing stuff. And so, how long have you been working with him in the business?
0: 25 years.
1: Now, there are some people who find it's difficult to sustain a marriage of 25 years, not own <laughs> a marriage, and working with them essentially 24 hours a day.
0: Yes.
1: What's your secret to? being able to be together but not drive each other insane.
0: Yeah, I think at the beginning it was harder because we were both successful in our own right and then we were merging our skills into one business. So you needed a really strong reason why to do that. You know, I hear people saying they could never work with their husband. I felt that I wanted to work with my best friend and I actually knew that, you know, I had married someone quite opposite to me so I knew it wasn't going to be easy but I always had the long-term vision that I would be married to my best friend and I would actually work and travel because that's the other part of this business. We're always going somewhere. And to go on your own and then have all these amazing memories and have nobody to say, look at that, remember that. So I, could, I kept the long-term vision in my mind when it was difficult because at the beginning, to make it work, we separated the tasks these are your tasks and these are mine and we were to take our cotton little, picking little fingers out of each other's business.
1: Because <laughs> that's the thing. Otherwise, you'll find out you'll be in the workplace having a heated discussion about who left the dishes in the sink because you're you sort of transferring the domestic issues into the business ones.
0: Yes, which was interesting. We chose for Colin to have an office outside of the house so that oh. when we were home, we had an, a business place that so he would go to work in a place of business. And he loved that. And he worked with other businesses that were sharing the same premises, whereas I work from home.
1: Right. Right. Um, now, your background's sports psychology. So yes. how did you actually get into – because you're one of the – you're only one of two Australians who's been awarded the CPAE, the Council Peers Award of Excellence, uh, out of the USA.
0: Actually, Three. I was the first one. There was myself and then there was Peter Sheehan and then Amanda Gore.
1: Ah, right. Peter Sheehan. I keep forgetting about Peter. Okay. So you're one of three, which is, you know, colossal in itself. Um, So when you started in the speaking industry, um, things have changed a lot since then. So how did you actually change? Sorry. How did you actually get into the industry? All
0: right. To get in, that's an interesting one. Firstly... Um, I was a sports psychologist, so I was already in the field of high performance. But I was also teaching. So I was teaching in a high school because I also had done a four-year bachelor degree. So I had this capacity to work with kids that were really good at what they did, kids that were average, and kids that were very poor. So I always had in my head that there was a scale and that everything was about helping everyone improve it didn't matter where you were on the scale that it was about growth and then I came across the business world of speaking you know where you, I went as a young person and listened to someone who was very experienced talk about their journey and I was enthralled to see that a lot of the principles they were talking about in their business were similar to what I was teaching in sports psychology and It was very attractive for me to then go and sit in these learning places with people much older than me and for me to learn. So I love that. Mm -hmm. And then one day I said to one of the guys who was a big promoter of the American speakers, I'd love to work for you. I'd love to speak is what I said. He said, well, if you'd like to speak, he said, you probably would need to hang around our style of business and learn what it takes. And I thought that was a very reasonable proposition. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I would start working alongside him.
1: Great. Um, and so fast forward to now, because you've done a lot of work internationally, like you've spoken in 26 different countries.
0: Yeah, a lot of countries now. So what's been the
1: most like, exciting or novel experience? Because no doubt that you've been asked to speak at some weird and wonderful places. What's one that stands out for you?
0: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I would say lots stand out. Look, Dubai was pretty fascinating because you usually stay in the most amazing resorts, you know, out on the palm and you catch your little golf cart and go to a place where there's a big swimming park. And, I mean, all of this is happening around you and really I've been flown to the other side of the world for how long? Well, in this case, I felt like I had my money's worth because I got to do two one-and-a-half-hour sessions. So I thought that was a great, you know, opportunity and a chance to really give something back. But that's so different to being flown to the USA to a big arena for 45 minutes. Yeah. It's a long way to go (laughs) for 45 minutes. And sometimes they would say, could you cut your time down, you know, what programs running over? Could you do 36?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm thinking, you're paying me. I'll do whatever you need. But I still thought, how extraordinary. Yeah. Just a short amount of time. <laughs> and, and so how
1: surreal is it for you to be? You're on the stage, you're talking to 33,000 people, no doubt at the end you get a standing ovation and lots of rah, 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 and then you go back to the hotel room and it's just you and your husband.
0: Yes, but see, that's the difference. It's my husband and I. So when we finish, we can also look at one another and go, wow. Wasn't that amazing? And then we could go out to dinner together, um, you know, pull it apart, talk about it. What do we love? What what could we have done better? We debrief the whole thing, right? And we get to share it. Yeah. So I think that's one of the secrets to my longevity and my ability to keep growing is that my husband has been such a vital part of being a part of every presentation because every time I speak, I get feedback. How many speakers get honest? feedback
1: yeah yeah my husband's quite
0: left brain you know engineer so he looks at things through different eyes to me which allows me to serve the men and women that think like him yeah so
1: okay so let's talk about so you've talked about you know the big dubai and american stadiums and stuff and obviously there's a lot of glamour and and um posturing with some of these big events what are some of the events that have meant the most to you? Because I know you've done a lot of work with kids and you've done a lot with different charities as well. Yeah. But what are some of the events you've done that have just, for whatever reason, just kicked you in the guts and you've just gone, oh, wow, what an impact?
0: Yes. Well, I've got to say that because I love helping causes, I mean, I did one the other day for the Smith family and it was all about fundraising to help the kids that are under the poverty line in our country. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's a better cause than that? Mm. To go and, one, inspire the women that were in the room, and this was really a, a 200 women who fundraised, one, to help them to be able to live life better and, two, to be able to help them carry out their heart's mission to help the kids. So I've got to say, Warwick, that the opportunities to speak in the not-for-profit sector are always present and I love that. I mean, the hard ones going to the women's prison, I've, you know, been there a few times but one particular occasion, you know, I came, got into the big gym and there was hardly anybody there. You know, they don't know who you are. Mm. They don't really probably care. And then some lovely guard put an announcement over the loudspeaker to say that there was a woman who was about to speak and she had a lot of chocolate. <laughs> And you know what, these women came from everywhere and we had this incredible atmosphere and, you know, I I poured my heart out to these women and I shared what I thought I could bring to them about, you know, preparing for not just life in the prison but life outside of the prison and getting their vision high. Well, at the end of the, the event, I got endless hugs and tears. I mean, I, I hugged and cried with a lot of women. But I found out later that I'd hugged one of the most violent women in the prison. <laughs> and I was so glad that they hadn't told me that at the time. <laughs> but it reminded me, doesn't matter where you come from or who you are, you know, our hearts, you get together, you find something in common with everyone, and we all exchange something. You know, I got something for them, from them and they got something from me. And I think that's the wonderful thing about yeah. the speaking industry. Yeah.
1: So, obviously, you've, you've been doing this for quite a while and by so many measures, you're a success at this. Um, by your own measure, in terms of being able to do what you choose to do, you're a success yeah. at this as well. So, what have been, say, what are the three keys to your success, do you think? What are the three biggest things that, are, that have helped you be a success?
0: All right. Well, according to my definition, is learning to love the people right in front of me. So, I'm not thinking about the next audience or is one audience more important than another? Are the bankers more important than the prisoners? Mm-hmm. You know, learning to be fully present and to really um, try and get in the zone of those people that are right in front of me and love them in the message, you know, relate to them, connect with them, laugh with them and cry with them. Yep. So I think that part is its another reason why my energy hasn't dropped for this occupation, that i am I love being completely present for the people I'm with. So I think that one has kept kept the longevity but two has kept my passion yeah. level high and, you know, I don't tire and I don't care whether there's 12 people that are, you know, the, the board of the bank. They're not more important than 12 other people that might be from the very front line of a business who are just starting off. Mm-hmm. I, I genuinely like helping people.
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. That's
0: probably one thing. Yep. What about the marketing? Well, the marketing side of a business probably have to thank my husband for that. My job is to do a good job, and his job is to make sure that you know with all the connections and the communications with people are they're fluid and and that we can connect to the people before and after the event. And you, you hate to um, lose track of people that you really find a connection with. That's pretty important. And I think maybe the fact that I keep working on my message, Mm -hmm. that my message is always changing because I'm changing. Do you know, the season, you know, I got married and, of course, I want to talk a little bit more about relationships. I've got children and the struggles of raising children and running a business and keeping a marriage together and staying healthy. Like I've been talking about whatever's been current in my world and kept refreshing my material. That's been really important, I think, so that people would keep booking me over the years they never said oh look she' just got one message
1: Yeah yeah okay
0: so what about um,
1: what about technology because uh, I know that um, and you and I've had discussions about websites and Facebook and social media and stuff how much do you embrace technology as part of your marketing effort uh, and again it may all be you it may all be Colin you know it may will be some other member of your team how much of that are you are you embracing as part of your, your business?
0: I'm embracing it because I think it's wonderful. I mean, we're visual people and so the technology allows us to have video of us all over the place Mm -hmm. and and photographs and catching a moment and the people that you're with. You know, when I was in the USA and I was speaking alongside Rudy Giuliani, I wanted to capture that, (laughs) you know. Like I watched him walk out and they had like a ticker tech parade like they would have had in New York. And I'm loving every moment of it but I'm just feeling the appreciation of being a part of something that's bigger than any one of us.
1: Right.
0: So I think that the whole side of embracing what's available, I mean I don't try and do it all. I think that's the other part and I'm not trying to be great at all of it but I'm trying to be good at a few parts of it. And if I'm not good at it, like I've got a young woman that's helping me do my Instagram and that's been really fun because she's been educating me on the significance of the visual part of my business and how so many people just love getting a glimpse. So I actually think the technology is a real gift to us as long as it it's not the tail wagging the dog. You know, yeah. it's not... Taking over because I still think the business is about heart to heart connection. Yeah.
1: yeah. And head to head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right.
0: Um, so, what? Are,
1: obviously, you've been doing this for a while, and obviously, um, would it be fair to say that you've made a mistake or two along the way?
0: I've made a lot of mistakes.
1: Excellent. So, what would be three things that you wish you knew sooner?
0: Well, definitely from the point of view of niching a niche market. To become very specialized very quickly. At the beginning, I was doing so many different things. You know, I was a mum, and so I'd talk about parenting, and I was in a relationship, and I'd talk about marriage. And I, I love small business, so I'm talking about that. My parents went from rags to riches in the direct selling industry, so I love sharing that story. But you can see that was very scattered. Yeah. So to niche the business earlier would have been more effective, I think, financially. But there's a little um, pause on that because by me doing, talking about things that I felt fascinated me at the time, it also forced me to stay out of my comfort zone. I was always growing, pushing the boundaries, finding new stories because I was accommodating a different audience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and as I don't know if your listeners know, but, you know, I've reached a million teenagers, whether it was through direct speaking or through the audio or through the video, that talking to teenagers really makes you aware that they don't care where you've come from or what you've done. (laughs) You just better be good this time. (laughs) And so it made me really practice on engaging fast and, and relating quickly and making sure I was getting on their page fast so i love the stretch of that and therefore when i didn't do that of course i would well i mean you can't do it all well at the beginning that's the problem Warwick. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. you got to
0: do it poorly before you do it well yeah and sometimes i would throw myself into a situation where i wasn't quite ready for it yeah and i mean mean that has its good and bad sides i think another thing that really has been a flaw for me throughout my um, career in the last 10 years is that sometimes my greatest stumbling block was my former success. Okay. So thinking that I knew a lot and not always being quick and receptive to learn from some of the new speakers coming in, from the younger ones, and even though I... Hate to admit that. That I think sometimes that I blocked the learning that was right in front of my face. Right. By going, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. But you know, who cares if you know it? It's not what you know, is it? Yeah, it's
1: what yeah. What you're yeah. doing
0: with it. So, I, you know, I think I'd sabotage my own progress at times.
1: Right. So your your focus now is raising performance or increasing performance. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes. So what
1: does the future hold for Lisa McGinnis-Smith and and your business and your career?
0: Ah, Well, I think that part of a big chunk of high performance, raising performance, building the teams that will be high performers together and trying to lead that process, I don't think the topic is going to be obsolete. Mm -hmm. I think we're always going to be trying to get better. So that side's good for me yep. because there's a lot of people that have never heard half the things that I would love to share. And there's a lot of things that are still to come out of the research that we don't, none of us know yet that are going to help all of us become better performers. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the speaking going to stop, to be honest. You know, other people are thinking oh, they're going to retire. They've had enough of the travel. You know, because my husband and I are such a, a fun team, I actually feel like we're refiring at this stage. You know, when other people are thinking about settling down and staying put, you know, we've got offers to go to Brazil and offers to go to the um, uh, the Norwegian com- countries and offers to go to Russia. And, like, we're not thinking, oh, no, we don't want to go there. <laughs> we're thinking, how amazing. Do you know, what an extraordinary opp- opportunity. And I think we're just gearing up for another level of uh, communicating, but maybe we won't push ourselves at the same level of schedule. You know, we pick and choose, well, we do pick and choose now much more than we did in the past. Yeah. We try to find companies that, you know, we're aligned in values so that we're actually speaking to people who we can truly help build, them build their business.
1: Yeah, yep, great. Um, we've just about out of time, but I'm sure some of the people who are listening are thinking, Oh, what can I do to increase my performance? So what would be the two things for anyone listening? Who's thinking, how can I be better at whatever it is that I do, um, in all the work that you've done with increasing performance, what are some of the things that a couple of things that they could do?
0: All right. Well, I'm always thinking small increments of change fast. You might call it habit stacking, where you're actually putting one little change, connect it to another one, and you keep adding these new behaviours in. So, for example, I teach people 20-second workouts. Come on, if you've got an office chair, then let's do 10 dips while you're at it. And one of my clients the other day was telling me every time she goes to the bathroom, she does 10 push-ups on the bathroom bench. So those quick little changes... That are added in fast to one to give you energy, two to give you strength. Um, usually, there needs to be a mindset piece in there, something that helps you think more optimistically about the people in your life. Less put downs, more, you know, praise. They're just tiny habits, but it's the little things that actually help us to get momentum and then we can move faster on bigger changes. But usually, I would get people to do a half a dozen little things in the first. Two weeks and once you're on a roll, man, you can be moving fast.
1: Fantastic. Lisa, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to get in touch with you and find out a bit more about you or or get some of your resources, what's the best way to get in touch with you?
0: Look, my website's probably the easiest way, LisaSpeaks.com. And on that website they can sign up for a one-minute video that comes out every month. They can also get a little written newsletter from me, which is a pick me up and They might like to look at some of the best-selling books and the audio programs. They might want to improve their marriage or their family or their business. It's all on lisaspeaks.com. And if they want to talk to me, Lisa at lisaspeaks.com.
1: Fantastic. Lisa McGinnis-Smith, thank you so much for your time today.
0: Thanks, Warwick. You're a star. (laughs) You've been
1: listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. Make sure you check out our Facebook page for some of the discussions that will happen afterwards. Look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and we hope you can get more success.